Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Joe Pugh for IFL TV. Delighted to be joined on this Sunday evening. Fresh off of a flight from Dubai, Mr. Gareth A. Davis. How are you, mate? I'm, I'm fresh-ish, Pugsy. Um, I... Got back on Saturday and then went to do the talk sports uh, events in Dublin. And then later, obviously, Mr. Benavidez against Mr. Boo Boo Andrade in, in the United States. A very, very good weekend of boxing in Dubai as well. It certainly wasn't. Before we go on to that, I know you was at the crypto event in Dubai. Just how was that? I know you caught up with Coogan out there. I did indeed had a little interview with Coogan. He doesn't let me rest. Um, no, it was a busy place at the Hume nightclub at the, the Ramy Dream Hotel. So it was a lovely little event. 300-odd people. Crypto guys fighting each other, four two-minute rounds. Hog against uh, the hedgehog against Loom Dart, people you've probably never heard of. Um, but again, it was, it, was a, it was a misfits night without all the drama. Um, working there with Luke Barnett, the former... Um, UFC middleweight fighter. Al Brook had a little stint on commentary. Um, great night for Aaron Chalmers against a novice who was brilliant against him, by the way, and won the crowd. But uh, Anthony Taylor and uh, Aaron Chalmers calling each other out. A little bit of fun over there, a few pro fighters. Um, yeah, it was nice to go over. It was just a whistle-stop event for me to go and host the event on Fight TV. And then back on Saturday morning... Uh, ready for the uh, the bigger events of Dublin and later the United States. But it was fun to go. Yeah, let's go straight into that Dublin card then. Massive, massive rematch for Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron. Katie Taylor did avenge that loss from earlier on, on in the year. What did you make of the fight as a whole? Oh, it was incredible. I thought it was a thrilling event. I've watched it twice now. I've got Taylor winning 96-94. Um, I have to go on the referee ruling it a trip in the first round because that's what he ruled. Um, there's not enough cinematic evidence around to show the foot on the foot, but it looks like 
her foot was tripped. You've got to score what the referee scores. He mm. ruled it not a knockdown. That will have created a lot of controversy. I've been through uh, the cards of um, Ferenc Budia, um, Steve Morrow, and who was the other one? Jan, um, who was it now? It was Jan, let me find it. Um, where is he? Uh, it was Jan Christensen, of course. Yeah, um, Ferenc um, Budai and Steve Morrow. If you go back through their cards, I've got the cards, I'm just looking at them. Through them, Joe, had that been ruled a knockdown in the first round, and it does look like she was put off balance by um, by Chantal stepping on her foot, then it's a split draw. Sorry, it's a majority draw, I think it goes to. Majority draw, rather. Um, or it might be a split draw. Hang on, what did I come to in the end? Yeah, it was a split draw. I just looking through it. Did this. Uh, split draw it comes to. So the one, though, I thought, um, yeah, Christensen, he only gave Chantel the sixth and the eighth rounds. Um, that's very heavily in favour of Chantel, against Chantel. Um, I think she won uh, probably seven and eight death. Well, she won at least four of those rounds, at least four of those rounds. So to only give her two rounds is a bit of an odd one. Um, Katie Taylor, though, for her part, showed vast improvements, fast on her feet, clinched really well, did a lot of holding that the referee let her get away with. Um, very strong use of the body. Uh, in the holding, Chantal used a bit of forearm. It was a dirty kind of fight as well. A lot of head clashes. But Taylor in the mid-range was very clever this time. Used her hand speed, moved away, let her punches go, landed from mid-range held, landed from mid-range mid held. Never allowed Chantal to get the upper hand and boss it like she had done in the first fight. I thought it was a thrilling fight from very first to very last and a very fatigued Katie Taylor at the end. Yeah, and it's been two brilliant fights now. Surely go for the trilogy at Croke Park, some event that would be. Yeah, a year ago, we didn't know that these were the two women or Chantel Cameron wasn't the name that was going to be associated with three fights for Katie Taylor. She doesn't know the meaning of word quit. I'd done an interview. I had done an interview with her going into this in which she'd said, you know, that resurrection's in her DNA. I didn't think she would win. I think she'd lose it just marginally again, but she showed us she's brilliant at making the adjustments. We saw that when she had a very torrid fight, first of all, with Delphine Pursoon in New York and turned the tide in the second fight at Matchroom Square Garden during COVID. Um, I think a trilogy is definitely on the cards. They've got to up the ante, though. I think it's got to be Croke Park. They want Conor McGregor and Eddie Hearn to get behind that and make that happen in Ireland. Absolutely, for me, nailed down trilogy fight. But what a moment for historically becoming a holder of 10 belts at the same time all four major belts and the IBO, uh, both super lightweight and lightweight. It's an extraordinary achievement. 
she's an extraordinary character and she just belongs in that she really does belong yes um you know claressa shields is a fantastic fighter on a par with her i would say in this era but she just belongs in that line of women now you know mia st john Layla ali christy martin jane couch for the things she did here um ann wolf lucia Riker, um all these brilliant brilliant women who have carried the sport nicola adams to a certain extent mary com she belongs in that pantheon barbara but barbara buttrick the mighty atom who you probably never heard of who was there at the olympics in 2012 who boxed years and years ago um she's a very very special character katie and and i think eddie hearn had some fine words for her. and he even put the a tweet out earlier today i don't know if you saw it with a with a, a note she'd written him yeah. uh seven years ago saying i would love to make the impact on women's professional boxing that i've managed to do in the amateurs She's truly done that now. And I think it's an even bigger story, Joe, that she's come back from defeat to win. She's just shown a true, true heroine and champion. And yeah, I think it was so close. I'm not buying 98-92. I don't know about you. Um, not buying that Chantal only won two of those rounds. It was so close that they should just do it again. Do you think it's kind of what, the female side of the sport has been missing one of those big, big trilogies from two of the best in the world. Like you've had the likes of Ali Fraser going way back, your Gatti Wards. It's just that next level, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, we had Ali and Frazier in the women's fights. We had Ali Frazier yep. four years ago. I went to cover Layla Ali against Jackie Frazier Lides in a big circus tent in Syracuse. Uh, in New York State. That was incredible. That night with loads of stars there, by the way, it was like a real topper. Um, I, I think, yes, it will go down in the pantheon. They're going to have another close fight, whatever happens. Maybe Katie will force her to lose the weight and fight at lightweight this time, but they're brilliantly matched, so evenly matched. And I think it puts to rest this argument that women need to fight three minutes because the two minutes are so exciting. You're gripped for the whole thing. The, the round moves so quickly. The one thing I would say is if they fancy doing it, they could go to 12 twos, um, 12 two minute rounds. But I think Katie Taylor gave her all in those 20 minutes. And I think that's what she prepares for. If she wants to up the ante, go to 12 twos in my view. Um, and there's another trilogy fight out there for her as well, of course. She had that great fight with Natasha Jonas in lockdown in, in Manchester. Um, she could fight Natasha Jonas again. They had the amazing fight in the Olympic Games that I covered years ago, where they said the noise in there was more than a jumbo jet with 10,000 people in the Excel uh, Centre at the Olympics in 2012. That was the semi-final, I believe. Um, or the, I think it was for the yeah I think it was the semi final. She could also do a trilogy with Tasha Jonas. I think who's another brilliant opponent for her. Katie Taylor at thirty seven could go on and on and on. I have some fans urging me to urge her to retire. I don't think she should go on for too much longer. But a couple more fights definitely in there and definitely a Croke Park fight in front of eighty thousand people. 
Do you think it would be tricky for Katie Taylor to retire? Because we know how dedicated she is to the sport and she has been for so many years now. I don't. Um, I think she has such a calm balance about everything. She doesn't seem to go crazy with the lows. She doesn't seem to go crazy with the highs. Um, I think I could see her getting involved in administration. I could see her getting involved in in coaching and teaching and being an inspiration around the world in different territories for female boxers and male boxers. Now, I think she's I think she's going to blossom when we see her finish her boxing career. She'll probably have a bit of time off, but she's been so dedicated to it. I think she's one of those people that could apply herself to anything almost. We saw that with football, 50-odd caps for Ireland, wasn't it? And I've, you've seen that clip of that spectacular volleyed goal. Um, I think her biggest problem was losing her temper and getting sent off. Um, just go down the rest of the card then, Gareth. You've spoken off camera just about, you've watched it, you covered it all. Gary Cully, Reese Mould, really close fight. Sky Nicholson uh, and uh, Paddy Donovan. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, Paddy Donovan. I've had Paddy, Paddy Donovan came in the studio with his cousin. He's one. He's got he's got thousands of cousins in um, Limerick, hasn't he? Um, he? He's a fantastic character. Had him in the studio for forty-five minutes. He's handsome. He's a talker. He's got a great record. He's got beautiful Southpaw style. I thought he looked terrific on the night. Ditto, Sky Nicholson again. Southpaw looked very, very smart and made Lucy Wildheart look very one-dimensional in there. Uh, Sky was very, very good. And uh, who else? Gary Cully. Yeah, coming back from, from that, that, that one-round knockout to Felix, the Mexican, um, it was a really good comeback for him. Very close fight, like you say. Really entertaining. Um, onwards and upwards for all of them. You know, Sky Nicholson could be fighting for a world title soon. You know, women tend to be after 10, 12 fights. She's had, I think, eight now. And she's definitely a stylist, but I'd just like to see a little bit more power from her. But all in all, it was a terrific card, topped by, of course, Taylor and Cameron. Just on Sky Nicholson, she's been very vocal about the Amanda Serrano fight. Do you think she's ready for that yet? I want to say no, but I'm going to say yes. Because um, there's no time like the present. She's tall and rangy. Um, she's going to have to put up with some stuff from Serrano because she's going to wade into her space and let her have it. She's going to have to get those check hooks that she showed brilliantly on Saturday night, get them moving and make them uh, really tell, and really count and get Serrano's um, respect in there. Because Serrano walks through walls, doesn't she? And she can expect that. I don't think she's got the experience yet to be able to do that, but I love her ambition. Um, and, and I think if she's calling, she feels like she can beat her. If they can make that fight happen, great. But I, I want to see Katie in with Serrano again for another fling as well. I mean, look at those two. When those two go at it, it just makes for incredible action. So I wouldn't rule out Katie Taylor fighting um, Amanda Serrano again as well. Yeah, certainly. There's so many fights to be made uh, in and around that weight division. It's just endless. But we'll go yeah. across the pond now to the US. 
I'm sure you'll agree, a destructive, um, dominant performance from David Benavidez against Andre, who's a formidable opponent. And yeah, I'll, I'll just let you go into that one. Well, I think, you know, um, Demetrius Bubu Andre has, um, has often been called Bulbor Andre privately because he's looked really powerful early in a fight. And then he sits back and he's so comfortable in the office. He just outmatches people with his skills and his movement. And he, he hasn't been a fan pleaser. David didn't allow him to do that last night. He dragged him into a battle. Andrade had to throw his hands. Um, cleverly, Benavidez let him punch himself out. And he was destructive to stop him in the sixth round. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He really is... Um, we've all said it for probably, I think, 18 months. He is the guy at super middleweight that Saul Canelo Alvarez should be fighting. I think it will happen. I suspect it will happen in Saudi Arabia next year, late in the year. Um, I'm sure the Saudi Arabians will tempt him over. They want to create the biggest fights. Um, you know, the, the the he's got this open deal. You know, he was with... Dazone, he was with Oscar De La Hoya, Canelo, I'm Canelo, I mean, was with Dazone, he was with Oscar De La Hoya. Um, he's a free agent. He's, he's done a couple of fights with uh, PBC and Al Heyman. Um, this, this, this is a fight. Canelo's too proud a man to walk away and not fight Benavidez. And, and he's a guy who's tall, upright, powerful, clever, tenacious, all the things that we want to see him in against Canelo because, you know, the other thing about Benavidez is the modesty to say, I'm not there yet. I don't belong in the pound for pound in his post-fight interview. I like that. Yeah, Great ambition from him. We will see them fight. I don't think it'll be just yet. I could even see Benavidez being successful at light heavyweight, by the way, going up seven pounds uh, to fight Bivol or, because he's got those skills. We, we think of him as a bit of a banger. But he showed a lot of skills last night as well in the pocket. He absorbed a lot from Boo Boo. Um, no, I thought it was absolutely tremendous. 
Do you think David Benavidez would be Canelo's toughest test at super middleweight? Um, I think so far. No question. No question. But we thought that for probably a year and a half, you know, when he was pinging people away. The victory against Caleb Plant just cemented that in the manner of which he does things. Um, and he, and he, doesn't, he doesn't ever get too out of his own lane. Yes, he said a few words about Canelo and the fact that Canelo's avoiding him. I'm not sure Canelo's avoiding him. I think he's just waiting for the right time. I would be very disappointed if Canelo doesn't face Benavidez at some point before he hangs up the gloves. Who else could Canelo fight next and if not Benavidez? Because it seems like the stars are aligned for them to fight each other. It seems like, as you said, the right time. Well, I mean, obviously, um, Dimitri Bivol has got Richard Rivera on December the 23rd, hasn't he, in Saudi Arabia? No, so that frees him up Lyndon for Arthur. like a, maybe a February. Sorry, Lyndon Arthur. It changed, didn't it? So he's got Lyndon Arthur. Thank you for that correction. Um, absolutely correct. Um, a limping Lyndon Arthur on press conference day, by the way. Um, but he, he, I did ask him what it was. He said, no, it's just an injury. It'll have cleared up. Um, if he goes through Lyndon Arthur, beats Lyndon Arthur on December the 23rd, that kind of opens him up for a fight in February or March. In January, Arthur Betabiev is fighting Callum Smith in, in Quebec City. I think I'm going over for that one. So that keeps... They're not in sync at the moment to, to have all the belts together at light heavy. You could get Canelo in a rematch against Bivol in March time. That, that's a fight that could work either in the States, in the UK, or even in Saudi Arabia, in my view. Um, that could be the launch of Canelo in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, I'd like to see that rematch because I'd like to see Canelo get a little bit more out of himself. You know, I know he's hungry for that fight. Um, but, you know, I don't think Canelo's got that many fights left. You know, 20 odd years in the game, in the pro game, turned pro at 15. The man from Guadalajara, I do, do not think will go on forever, Joe. It's like me and you. We're going to hang them up at some time. We know it. Got a bit of a while yet, though, I think. I think we've got a few more years left in the tank. Yeah, well, we've got, we've got a fight yet, haven't we? Apparently, we're being lined up for some kind of uh, media misfits fight at some point down the line, because you're nearly down to my weight now. Oh, no, I still think I've got quite a few... Uh... Quite a few pounds left. I think uh, you'll have to come up and make a catch weight, Gareth. Um, no, 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 no. I, I, well, I'll come up a little bit, but I, I, I need you to lose. A, I don't want you too big. I don't want me <laughs> feeling that, that big power that you've got. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know about that. But would you be shocked if Canelo doesn't fight in Saudi Arabia before the end of his career? Um... I wouldn't be shocked, but my instinct is he probably will. And, and you know, um, Canelo against the undisputed light heavyweight king, for example, or Canelo against David Benavides, are fights the world is going to watch. Um, and, you know, as we've seen, they're prepared in Saudi Arabia, His Excellency Turkey al-Sheikh, the General Entertainment Authority, Riyadh season, they're prepared to put money behind the biggest fights and get them over the line. So it wouldn't surprise me to see that over there at some point next year. 
just staying on the Saudi Arabia route there, it got announced on Friday night that they've got global rights, uh, the zone of global rights for the day of reckoning card, including the UK. Was that a shock to you? No, not really, because obviously that's part. Anthony Joshua is is uh, UK for exclusive. Um, I think global rights went to DAZN for the day for the um, Battle of the Baddest as well. Um, I, I can see all broadcasters being involved, frankly, by the time they come around to it. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Sky and TNT involved um, when when the um, undisputed heavyweight title fight takes place. I mean, we've seen it in the very, very biggest fights in the past. You know, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis. We've seen all the broadcasters come together um, to to show that, certainly in America at the time, um, because they, you know, they they believe they'll get a bigger audience if they use all the broadcasters. I don't know if they're going to change that over there for this. Um, I, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and... Uh, that's oh, great for DAZN, um, that they get the global rights and, you know, they, they, they're going to have to up their game for it. Certainly, and I know you did speak to Coogan quite a lot about the day of reckoning, but just a couple of things on that. Which is the bigger banana skin? Is it Otto Wallin for Anthony Joshua or is it Joseph Parker for Deontay Wilder? Because we do know that they are looking to make Joshua Wilder next year. Yeah, I mean, well, they're both... They're both big banana skins. I mean, I, um, you know, the obvious one to say is it's Anthony Joshua because Otto Wallin was awkward against Tyson Fury and he cut him. And Wallin's looked very decent. He's a, he's a tricky southpaw. He's a clever boxer. But if Anthony Joshua boxes like he can, he can deal with Wallin. He just doesn't want to get into the seventh, eighth, ninth round, in my view, in a kind of fistic... Um, physical chess match. He, he wants to show his power, get Wallin's respect early, and if he can, get him out of there in five, six, seven rounds, which I fully expect him to do. Um, but again, um, we're seeing Dante Wilder in a lot of training videos at the moment, aren't we? Almost daily with Malik Scott, um, and they're putting the work in. Joseph Parker looks in fantastic shape. Um, He's very hungry, looked very good on the last card um, in Saudi Arabia. Probably one of the reasons why he is going to be the main event or whoever's the main event when they flick that coin, apparently, or flip the coin to see who's uh, which fight's going to go first. It should be because they're champions. Um, the bigger draw. There's a lot of interest in Anthony Joshua. I think a lot of people expect Deontay Wilder to win this fight. I think the general consensus is he'll get to Parker, maybe because people have got recollections of what Joe Joyce did to Joseph Parker. Um, that's probably, that was in your mind right then, wasn't it, as I was saying it? See? Um, and, um, and I think, you know, there are question marks from everyone all the time about the mentality of Anthony Joshua. So, there are questions about Otto Wallin fighting him. And, and therefore, that's probably the biggest banana skin of the two in, in the roundabout way of explaining it. But they're both terrific fights. Are you concerned that 
Anthony Joshua's changed trainer for this fight yet again? No, I think Ben Davison is a great move. I know Ben very well. I think he's terrific for his fighters. He's friend tour men, he's mentor friend, he's maybe even he's friend tour even. He's mentor friend, psychologist, clever guy. Um, he'll be very, very good for Anthony Joshua. Very good for him indeed. I mean, I know intimately what 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 he did for for Tyson Fury and how good he was for him, the kind of things he brought out in him. Um, how dedicated he was. And Ben's that kind of person. He won't be leaving any stone unturned. No, I think it's a terrific move. There wasn't to have Derek James over or, or to to go over to Dallas, Texas for Anthony Joshua because obviously he's got uh, the coaches or the trainers got some Ryan Garcia facing Oscar Duarte in a great fight as well next weekend, by the way, in the United States. Um but I think Ben's a great replacement. It wouldn't surprise me to see Ben working with him more and more. But And ironically, if we ever get Tyson and Joshua in the ring and Ben's working with uh, 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 with Anthony Joshua, it'll be fascinating. It certainly will. And do you think that they are kind of looking at Deontay Wilder? Because Ben Davison has prepared Tyson Fury for Deontay Wilder before, and he knows probably Wilder inside out. Yeah, absolutely. He does know Wilder inside out. So there will be, this is probably getting him ready, not just for Otto Vallin, although they will be very focused on Otto Vallin. You, you know your boxing. Vallin is a tricky southpaw. Let him into the fight and you can give yourself issues. So they'll be looking to put a marker down early on Vallin, get hold of him, knock him about a bit and go after him. And he's a guy that believes in himself. That's that's the the danger for Joshua. Wallen can make a massive name for himself and make himself a player in Saudi Arabia if he pulls off the victory. Because where does Joshua go if he loses this? There's nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. If he wins this, if there's any injury to Wilder and Wilder's won. Maybe he has a fight with Hergovic for the IBF, becomes a three-time world champion. We can make the best laid plans but expect the unexpected to happen in, in boxing, and especially in heavyweight boxing, both in the ring and outside the ring, Pugsy. Just the last one then, Gareth. There's been doubts over the past week or so over Conor Baird and Chris Eubank getting it on early parts of next year. We're seeing Conor Baird kind of call out Jerome Boots Ennis. Do you think that's a viable fight if for Conor? If the Eubank fight doesn't happen, and uh, yeah, how would that go down? Really tough fight, Boots Ennis, by the way. He's one of the dark horses of the division. And we need to remind, I'm not knocking on Connor here at all. I love the ambition. Notwithstanding clearing his name and getting his licence back and all those things that need to, need to happen, obviously. Um, he hasn't fought at world level yet. I mean, I do like the Chris Eubank fight, but I do think it's a mismatch at middleweight, given the levels that Chris Eubanks fought at and the levels that Connor hasn't fought at yet. But he could go out there and surprise us. I love his ambition. We just want him to clear his name and then get his way back. But take his time. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in the biggest fight straight away. Um, work your way into them. But if he fights Boots Ennis, he draws a crowd. He draws eyes. He's a fascinating character, is Connor Ben. So, you know... 
he's had a couple of journeymen he's gone through um, in Van Heerden and um, Chris, um, I forget his surname right now. It's Algeri. Struggling. Chris Algeri. He's had his time out. He looked all right on the comeback. He was a little bit of ring rust there. But I, I, I don't like the idea of going into massive fights straight away. And Boots Ennis is a dangerous character. He's a dangerous character. He could be the guy that, I've thought for a while, he could be the guy that takes over the welterweight division. You know, when Terence Crawford has gone or moves up or, or disappears from the division. So that's a big call. But I love his ambition. Simple as that. Sharp feeling does Ben Eubank happen in the early parts of next year? If the timing, the money and the ego is right, then yes. But I think it's a tough fight for Connor, And I think it's a little bit of a mismatch if Ben has to go up to middleweight and Eubank is allowed to be a fully fledged middleweight who'll be a super middleweight on the night, you know? Yeah, definitely. Gareth, I think that just about covers everything. I'm sure I'll uh, speak to you after a big week in Belfast for Condon versus Jordan Gill. But for now, I'll let you enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. You doing anything else this evening, Gareth? No, I'm just having a chilled out evening, Joe. A lot, a lot of travelling this week, just getting set up for, for this week. I'm doing a bit of filming and uh, I think I've got a press conference Tuesday or Wednesday in London as well. So uh, nice and easy night. Nice and easy. Gareth, thank you very much for being to IFL TV and I'll see you soon, my friend. Sports Social Podcast Network.